Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Welcome to You Beauty. I'm Shazzy Hunt and this week we are asking an expert for their thoughts on the latest skincare trends and helping us to decide whether we should believe the hype is skincare expert and founder of Paula's Choice, Paula Begone. Paula, welcome. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be talking with you. Tell us a bit about your life's work to uncover the truth in the beauty industry. <laughs> My life's work. You know, I'm old, so it's, I mean, I'm 67 and I've been doing this since I've been 27, 28. I've been in the beauty industry, so it's been a long time. I'll just cut to the chase <laughs> and, and say that, you know, having struggled with my own skincare issues from the age of 11, you know, I got my period and I got acne. I had terrible, terrible eczema and everything I tried didn't matter, dermatologist, cosmetic counter, wherever, spa, salon, whatever I tried made my skin worse, or at the very least didn't do anything. And that was hell. The one thing I was good at was makeup. So I actually sent myself to university working as a makeup artist and I was majoring in science. And so what I learned in university and what I learned working at the counters and my love and hate relationship with the cosmetics industry kind of took off from there. And I wrote 21 books on skincare and beauty. And then in between, I created Paula's Choice Skincare in 1995. Right now in 2021, beauty and particularly skincare is something everyone wants to really know and understand. Have you noticed that there's a shift away from kind of the veneer, the facade of beauty and to really wanting that knowledge? No? I think we have always wanted to know. And it's just very hard to get to the information. What's happening now is there's just more information. It's just we're saturated between social media and bloggers. And it's very hard to get through to the facts. And some of it is the facts change. I mean, what I wrote in the 80s and 90s, very little of it is still relevant. In fact, part of what I love about being an internet cosmetic company is that when information changes, we can get a new article up on the internet, we can get an email out, we can change our formulas because we don't have millions and millions and millions of dollars of product sitting at a cosmetic counter waiting to be sold through. Now, that might be more business information than you want to know, but it's really part of what I love about having been an internet company and basing everything I do on research. People often ask me, what do I believe? Do I believe this? Do I believe that? And I always say I'm an agnostic. I don't believe anything. (laughs) It's a preponderance of the research 
says something, my job is to weigh out the dozens and dozens and sometimes hundreds of studies to get to the information to make a decision about what works and what doesn't, what ingredients go together, which ones don't, that can make a difference for skin, different skin types. And that's not easy. It's complicated. Skincare is rocket science. And it's just still crazy out there. So I think we've always wanted to know, that's a very long answer to say, I think we've always wanted to know. And I think the information out there is way too often as crazy as it's ever been. Well, on that note, I do want to ask you about some very specific skincare trends that are very much doing the rounds at the moment and where you currently sit on with them. I want to start with skinimalism. So this is the trend about pairing back skincare and makeup routines as well to just that bare bones, minimal products. Where do you stand? I don't get I, I think it's not. It's so crazy. Okay. So I'll try not to put my emotions too much. At, so I shouldn't say things like I think it's stupid. Okay, let me think of a better word. I was getting ready to get the beep button ready. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason it doesn't make sense is because you can't ever make a blanket statement about skincare if you don't know what's going on with the person's skin. Look, I'm 67. I'm dealing with older skin, I'm menopausal, I have acne, I have clogged pores, I have oily skin, I'll fight my brown spots, my sun damaged spots till I'm in my grave, I'll still be <laughs> fighting them. I mean, and then there's things that are over and above skincare, like hirsutism, extra hair on your face. If you don't want it there, what do you do about that? I mean, I could go on and on. How do you talk about minimalism until you know what the person is dealing with. And so, yes, for some people where they don't have complicated skincare needs, they don't have a lot of sun damage, they've been good about protecting their skin, but, you know, acne, rosacea, psoriasis, eczema, I mean, how can you be minimalistic until you know what you're dealing with? So it's nonsense. That's like saying... Never mind. I was going to make an analogy about having a heart attack and going, well, I just want the doctor to cut here. Don't cut <laughs> over there. I just want a minimalistic. The short answer is being minimalistic about skincare doesn't make any sense. It really just depends what your concerns are. And then what are those products and ingredients that take care of those concerns? This one I want to ask you about is celebrity skincare lines. Now, we used to have celebrities in the perfume realm, but now we've seen a lot of celebrities go into skincare. Is this something we should be getting on board with? If the products are good, sure. But I don't get how a celebrity knows cosmetic chemistry, knows skin physiology. It's science. It's complicated. I mean, I've been doing this for 40 years, and I still often spend my whole day getting through one study because it's hard for me to digest all mm. of the science so that I can make an educated decision about what's good and bad for skin. So celebrity skincare drives me crazy <laughs> because a name doesn't mean the product is good. How about microbiome skincare? This one is a bit more new and that's kind of to do with products that are, say, infused with probiotics or kind of 
using that idea in gut health that it will translate onto the skin? Well, what you eat translates to skin. There's no question about that. I mean, we know that's true, right? Because if you don't eat, you die and then you got bad skin. I mean, that's, you know, (laughs) that's just the basic, that's just a basic physiological fact. So what you eat in terms of especially everything we know about inflammaging, inflammation in the body and on the skin, that an anti-inflammatory diet is a very big deal. And part of that is having gut health as stable as you can get your microbiome, whether it's on your skin or in your body, in your gut. The problem with probiotic skincare, (laughs) I mean, it is really such bullshit. So the concept isn't BS. The concept that you can put probiotics on skin and balance your microbiome, that's what's BS. There are millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions (laughs) of microbes running around on your face that make up your microbiome. And your microbiome is different than mine and is different from the morning to the night. It's always changing. It's always changing. And that's not good or bad. It's just that there's no way a product knows what your microbiome is, what my microbiome is. And because part of our microbiome is good and bad bacteria and good and bad viruses, who the hell is going to put a good and bad virus and a good and bad bacteria in a skincare product? So what the probiotics that they put in skincare, the few that they do use are really known for being anti-inflammatory. And that's great. But what really makes sense for a microbiome product is if the product contains prebiotics, the ingredients that help your skin make its own microbiome, give it the ingredients that it needs to have a healthy microbiome and include the ingredients that a healthy microbiome creates for your skin. So a microbiome doesn't just sit there and do nothing. A microbiome, you know, these are critters. This is living stuff on your face, right? They excrete stuff. And some of what they excrete, for example, is lactic acid, hyaluronic acid. I mean, they're giving your skin stuff. So a great microbiome product would have mostly prebiotics and postbiotics. That would make a great microbiome product. I am going to spend the rest of today thinking about my microbiome having a dance party and excreting things all over my face. So thank you for that. I didn't say it was going to be like not like totally pleasant. It is. It is. It's the strangest thing to realize. I've been researching this for years, mostly because of the gut. I actually hadn't looked at it very much until maybe 10 years ago for the face. But it is fascinating. I mean, to think there are people who would say there are over a trillion microbes running around on your face. It's it's hard to take in. Uh, it's, yes, nauseating. Sorry, do you want to hang up now? No, no, <laughs> I might go wash my pillowcase tonight, though. <laughs> and last trend I do want to ask you about, and then hopefully I'll be less infuriating, it will be facial rollers and massage tools. 
Are you kidding? <laughs> I feel like I know the answer. <laughs> what do you think? What I think, you think you're going to say a no. <laughs> well, not only no, it's actually bad for skin. Why is that? If you see the skin move up or down, if you pull on skin, you are stretching precious elastin fibers. The elastin fibers in skin are the rubber bands in skin that give skin its bounce. And when you keep pulling at the skin, whether it's from the top or the bottom, those elastin fibers stretch out just like a rubber band and eventually they break. So they lose their suppleness, they lose their ability to snap back, and then they break. And while skin loves making collagen, it is definitely difficult for skin to regenerate elastin. So when you massage the skin or a jade roller is running over your skin, first of all, it doesn't help anything. There isn't any benefit to it, but it actually hurts the skin. It actually causes premature aging, premature sagging. You don't want to help gravity do its job any more than it does. You know, one of the things that people are obsessed about is this notion of you have to help ingredients absorb, like sheet masks, which are just jade rollers, massage sheet masks. I can't really think of which one is the worst. They're all kind of just right up there with the waste of time. Sheet masks aren't bad for skin. They're just not beneficial for skin. But we're kind of obsessed with this notion that you got to get things to absorb in. And while things do need to absorb, not everything needs to absorb the same. In fact, my job as you know, somebody who formulates products is some ingredients need to stay on the surface. And some ingredients need to go a little deeper and some need to go deeper yet. That's based on the molecular size of the ingredient or the delivery system of the ingredient or the product. There's nothing I can do to your skin to rub it and massage it or to put sheet masks on it because I need to also protect your upper layers as much as your deeper layers. So the jade rollers and massage, that's just bad for skin. Sheet masks are just a waste of time. I feel like there's some trends we can safely put to bed after this chat. <laughs> and save a lot of money and stop wasting time. Yeah, I think so. Okay, Paul, I've got a listener question for you next. It goes like this. I've only ever used a cleanser and moisturizer as my skincare routine. But now that I'm in my mid-30s, that's just not cutting it. Well, it actually didn't cut it before, but <laughs> there you, it's better late than never to realize it's not cutting it now. What are the absolute essential steps if you're trying to make a bit more effort now with your skincare? We should have been making more effort from decades ago. You know, I'm often asked how old, you know, should I start using anti-aging products? And I always say the same thing is birth. Because, you know, from day one, day two, you're a day older and you're going to use cleansers and you're going to be exposed to the sun. And the cleansers often are going to contain way too much fragrance that are going to irritate the skin. The cleansers aren't going to be gentle. They're going to contain essential oils that are going to irritate skin. They're not going to have antioxidants that will interrupt pollution and free radical damage. You need to start doing things that reduce inflammation from birth on and protect the skin from the sun. That is like as important as brushing your teeth and just about anything else. That's primary to skincare. So 
a sunscreen is fundamental. A daytime product must include an SPF 30 or greater. You have to fight pollution. We're in a world where pollution exists and pollution is damaging to skin, damaging to the body. And a serum that is loaded with antioxidants is incredibly beneficial. And then an exfoliant, a BHA or an AHA exfoliant. Uh, BHA is uh, the ingredient is salicylic acid and AHA, the uh, ingredients are most typically glycolic or lactic acid. There's other ones, but those are the most typical. One of the things about sun damage is that the outer layer of skin gets thick and the underlying layer of skin gets thin. So your skin isn't shedding the way it did when you were young before sun damage did its number. When you start using a gentle leave-on AHA or BHA exfoliant, it's a game changer. You'll never go back. It's one of the few products that when you start using it, you can see a difference the next day in terms of smoothness, hydration, better pore size. That would be the most basic aspects of skincare, assuming there aren't a whole bunch of other things you're dealing with, but in terms of basic skincare needs. Finally, every week we like to ask our experts to do some myth busting by either confirming or denying a commonly held beauty notion. And here is yours. We're back in acne land. You should never pop a pimple. Well, first of all, who the hell is going to leave it on their face? You know, I hate recommendations that are just unrealistic. I mean, really, you want me to leave all those sitting on my face? Not in this lifetime. I mean, I'm sure there are some people who will do that. It isn't me. It isn't really anybody I know. And really, the truth of it is, in terms of physiology, because of the way a pimple develops, the swelling inside, the buildup of that stuff that's in there, if you don't release it, then it just keeps growing and growing and damaging the skin underneath. And actually, you run a bigger risk of getting a scar. The problem, I think, why the recommendation not to pop a pimple came about was because if you overdo it and you create scabs and you keep going at it, you will create a scar. I wrote a whole article on our website about exactly, exactly how to do it. Because if you get it wrong and if you don't do it and you don't steam the skin and you don't scrub the skin and you don't boil the skin and all that just makes matters worse. Again, it's inflammatory. You're just inflaming things. So if you do it right, it actually can help the pimple heal faster because you're getting the buildup out. So the swelling goes down, which is what you want. Paula, thank you so much for your time today. You are a beacon of knowledge and I have loved picking your brain (laughs) and occasionally making you a bit cranky. (laughs) I always get riled up. Thank you for tolerating it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. This episode was produced by Gia Moylan. I'm Shazzy Hunt and you'll hear from me again next Thursday when I'll be chatting with one of Aussie's top hairstylists, Joey Scandizo. He styled the likes of Anna Wintour, Ruby Rose, Elle McPherson, Lindsay Lohan, just to name a few. And he was hair director for this year's Melbourne Fashion Festival and he has all the big hair trends we need to know about. 
In the meantime, if you have a question you'd like answered by an expert on the show or you want to suggest an expert, call us on the Podfoon, 028 998986.